Right, ready to go? Yeah. Cool. Trying to think how we usually start. (laughs) Hi, guys. Episode 10, double digits. Mm-hmm. We did it. We didn't say craft beer. No, I did not. No. Craft beer drinking podcast. Craft beer drinking video game playing. Exactly. Yeah. I've forgotten what the intro's like. Oh, well. <laughs> it's been uh, a while. I'm Ben Noda. Yep. You so are Alex Malpass. Yes, I am. That's normal. How are you guys doing? Uh, how are guys, my guys how doing? You? Oh, fuck's sake. My guys are all good. <laughs> most of them anyway. I mean, We've started well. Yeah. It's because Adol's not here. It's it is. Fun. It's thrown us off slightly. So he's gone back to uh, to uh, Nova Scotia, wherever the fuck it is he comes from. Somewhere in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quieter. A lot quieter. Yeah. There's not going to be as many puns. There's not. Really random puns thrown in. Feel free to add puns to the comments bit underneath on the YouTube if you want to. It will. We'll get him to record some puns and just have a, an awful cut in the middle of what we're saying. <laughs> just insert a pun and then cut back to it. Um, so... As with every week, we're going to be talking about stuff we've been playing. We're going to drink some excellent, excellent beers. Uh, And we thought we'd talk um, a little bit about the difficulty of gaming with our everyday lives. Uh, And whether sort of our gaming habits and things have changed over the years, whether the games we play have changed over the years. Um, So we shall start off with a beer. Yeah, okay, cool. So... um... We've got a couple of stouts, um, an IPA and whatever that... Oh, and another IPA, cool. Two IPAs, two stouts. A red IPA, that one. Sweet. Well, um, the order of business. And then red. Yeah. Yeah. So Signature Brew, backstage IPA. So Signature Brew have some something set up where they do some music and beer collaboration. So maybe they... I don't really know that much about it. I don't really get how that works. What do you like? Buy some tunes and you get a beer with it or something. I don't really get it. But they do anyway. Maybe they do it in collaboration with. If you're interested in music and beer together, <laughs> and have a look. And if you like listening to podcasts where we don't even do basic research before we start recording, <laughs> keep listening. Podcasts where we just want to drink beer, basically. Yeah. Nice, nice. So anyway, the the bottle looks a bit like. Um, Someone's just written it in pen. It does. It's almost um, like a festival um, yeah. lanyard. Yeah, little, that's right. A uh, backstage pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I quite like. It's quite cool. Ooh. And it's a very amber-coloured for an IPA. It's quite dark looking. Yeah. Crystal clear, of course, but... What are your impressions? What's the nose? There's not much to it. It's not, um, it doesn't hit you, does it? It's kind of quite delicate. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit sweet. Ooh. Different. Not quite what I, uh, well, not quite what the nose gave you. It's not as sweet as you would sort of think it would be. No, it's not sweet at all. It's, It's coppery. 
Yeah, metallic. Yeah, very metallic. Mm, too metallic, really. Yeah, surely that's not supposed to be that metallic. I don't know. Talking about music, maybe they're channeling some metal bands as they brew away. I quite like it though. I quite like a, a, a quite coppery sort of taste to it. It's got a bit of a lingering aftertaste as well. There's a fruit in the middle that I'm can't quite put my finger on. Could be lemon, could be orange, some citrusy fruit. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that, but I'm. Yeah, I can't quite, um, as you say, can't put my finger on it either. That's all I'm getting out of this is copperiness and the little background of fruitiness. Mm. It's kind of, kind of, not particularly bitter for an IPA. It's what no. you'd expect in terms of bitterness. It's kind of mid-range. It's interesting. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of metallic tastes. No? No. I suppose it's, um, we've not had a signature brew before, have we? No, I don't think so. It should be the first uh, first one we've tried. It'd be interesting to see if some of the other beers that they have are a, a, a different sort of take on, um, you know, on the what what they're sort of proposing that they are. Sort of. So this is quite a different kind of IPA with that sort of much more coppery, metallic-y sort of taste. Yeah, maybe. I like a fruity, sort of almost sweet IPA. Mm. Like um, Siren do really, really nice one called Soundwave. Yeah, yeah, we've had that before. Uh, I think we had right, that yeah, a few nice. weeks ago, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a wonderful IPA. Mm. So it's, my, it's one of my sort of benchmark things I'm thinking when I'm... So I think that's a really good way of tasting beer is to like... Um, have an idea of what your version of the standard is when you come to drink another one. Yeah. So, like, for an IPA, I've got in the back of my mind something like that, like Siren, mm. Soundwave, or New Bristol, Supernatural, or um, almost anything by um, Wiper and True. Yeah. Maybe the Triptych, number nine, or whatever. But I've got them in my mind as kind of geography that I can use to locate other beers mm-hmm. on, so I can see whether it measures up or something. So I think that's... Otherwise, you just go in and you're like, well, I don't know, it tastes like this. I don't know whether that's good or not. You have to have some idea of what it's yeah, to yeah, taste definitely. Like to see whether it's good. Yeah, I don't think it's quite as sort of the uh, the siren, the sound wave was, um, was very stand out when we had it a few weeks it ago. Was, definitely, you, say, you didn't. Think no, it, it, yeah, it was. It, it was yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and this is, I mean, this is a very different taste to that. It's um, as we say, it's a lot more coppery than than that was. That was. Yeah, that wasn't coppery at all. No, no. So what have you been playing? Um, well, as with a previous week, I started a big game, which I'm probably going to talk about next week, because I've only played about an hour of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started playing The Witcher 3, right. which I've been looking forward to for months and months and months. Um, and it's it's what I wanted from the game so far, but as I say, I'm only you know very briefly into it. I've only sort of gone through the, um, the intro and the, the few sort of tutorial parts of it not that you really need much of a, a tutorial sort of for a game um, it's a third person action game set in the uh, sort of 13th century um, Eastern European fantasy world okay that's um, quite specific yeah well it's it's. Um, was it like like Romania or something uh, it's made by a Polish developer okay. uh, CD Projekt Red um, I don't you know I've never been to Poland so I don't, I have. don't know nice. whether it looks like Poland. It's very foresty. Yeah, it's quite flat foresty. at the moment. It's not mm-hmm. uh, um, very sparse because it's you know a, sort of a medieval 
setting. So I've only come across one town, which is maybe 10 or 12 buildings in size, and then there's lots of little buildings and things around the outside, a few windmills, a couple of other smaller settlements, which have got maybe uh, three or four sort of houses in. Um, but it's it's high fantasy. There's lots of ghouls and wraiths and things to kill. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's sort of almost what it's uh, what it's set out to be, I suppose. What you sort of get from the trailer is what you you, know, you, you sort of know what you're going to get from the game when so you, you get it into it so far. Quite like that um, uh, Lord of the Rings game that you were playing a lot of recently um, uh, Shadows of Mordor yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very similar in sounds like third person it, it's a third person action fantasy. game it's sort of yeah yeah, um, very much so um, I mean so far the um, with something like Shadow of Mordor it's Shadow of Mordor seemed quite a linear sort of game in terms of where you go and what you do and there okay. were small side quests and things but it was all much of the same Um very much kill some orcs, kill some orcs, kill some orcs, kill some orcs. Uh, I've not encountered any orcs in The Witcher 3 yet, so it's so different in that like regard. open world kind of... Yeah, it's open world. Um, so far I've been given a uh, quest <coughs> to um, try and find um, a previous companion of the character, someone that he's been with in the previous games. Um, and all I've got to go on is a letter which says to meet in this town. So you turn up in a, in a village and I have to ask around the village for okay. her and see if anyone's seen her that then opens up a few other sort of side missions where I can go off and um, so one of them was um, someone's I think someone's daughter had gone near a well and been attacked by a monster um, so then I had to go to the well to see what was going on and I had to go around the buildings around the well because you get there and you, you can't discern instantly what you know what the cause is or what is actually going on so you have to do a bit of investigation work to walk around this small settlement go through each of the buildings, look for, for what's going on, um, to try and decipher you know, a little bit of detective work. It sounds more like an RPG than... It than is quite a big RPG, yeah. Um, I mean, it's got a lot of... Um, I mean, Shadow of Mordor as such was a little bit of an RPG. Um, I didn't play much of that at all, but mm. that struck me as more of a kind of... Um, like you said, the what you go kill some orcs, go somewhere else, kill some orcs, like a fighting against an action. Yeah, game, I suppose specifically, it, it, like uh, comparatively with other sort of action open world games, um, Shadow of Mordor was a bit more like the Batman games, mm-hmm. um, whereas um, The Witcher is a, something more of uh, like Skyrim or sort of one of the Oblivion um, games. So it has a bit more sort of character depth. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot more populated with um, with NPCs and other interactable characters, rather than it being just a sparse world full of things to kill. <clears throat> um, there are lots of things to kill, and it is very sparse. But when it is populated, so far it's it's populated quite nicely with sort of very colourful characters as well. There's lots of swearing and basically being told to bugger off quite a lot. Um, <laughs> You're a, a, the character that you play is a witcher who is um, almost like a mutated human. So you have a special gift, which means that you're stronger, faster, better at doing shit. You've got um, sort of magic that you can um, cast, mm-hmm. things like this. And you're almost seen as quite an outcast. So just the normal townsfolk don't really like you until you start helping them out. Right. And doing stuff for you, yeah. Okay. You know, they might not change their, yeah, they might not change their view on you. They might just throw some coins at you for completing the task that they want you to complete. That's much like going to work. 
and predates yeah, yeah, it. I suppose that is his job. <laughs> he is a witcher. He goes around and he kills monsters for money. Yeah, it's just like my job, except I send emails to people instead of kill monsters. But they throw money. They don't at you. really like me, and they throw money at me, and that's just the only appears out of the screen <laughs> at your face. It's only once a month they throw the money at me. Mm. But yeah, it's basically pretty close to my pay. <laughs> generally. Do you get to ride a horse? There's lots of horse riding in the No, time. I cycle in, though. That's a bit like a Similar? horse. Similar? Yeah. I'm on, on it, and it's moving. So <laughs> It's not alive, though. Some of the people are a bit like orcs and ghouls and wraiths and things. The people you pass on the way in. Yeah. Some of my colleagues, my fellow work <laughs> colleagues. Some of them are humans as well, isn't it? They're all orcs. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's quite close, actually. You can see the similarities with life. <laughs> nice. Um, but, I mean, like, I have... More of an impression of, you know, what the game has to offer. Whether it's more of the same, you know, whether it's <clears throat> going to be the same formula repeated, because it's. Um, I think it's been reported that it's between something. If you delve into it and you go through a lot of the storyline and do all of the sort of side quests and contracts, and you know, you really get into sort of exploring the world. People are saying it's between sort of 120 to 200 hours worth of game. Mm. So it's it's huge. It's sort of um, you know the game Pillars of Eternity that I was playing. It's that sort of size of game, really, which is completely different to the the other games that I've played in the last sort of couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I think I'll, it, it, you know, it was the big game that I've been looking forward to for a while, and it's the game that I will play almost over the summer. I would imagine. I don't think there's much else coming out that I'm going to really pick up and get into. Um, there's a new Batman game coming out, which I think is going to be more of the same of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know the previous Batman games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, I enjoyed. But if it's a bit more of that, then I might not sort of delve into it. Whereas The Witcher, even though this is the third game, um, the previous two were uh, Xbox and PC exclusives, mm-hmm. um, and I'd never picked it up. I didn't, I've never had an Xbox, uh, and I didn't pick it up when it was on PC because I don't play a lot of action games and things on PC. Yeah. So it's not something that I would have looked into. And I think it with it for me it, it's a, a it's a new IP, it's a completely new game, it's a completely new story, it's new characters, it's a new world. So you know, it's interesting in that sort of sense as well. So I think it's something that I'll hopefully I can play it all the way through and complete it. Whether I'll delve into everything it has to offer will be a, a different story. But um, in two hundred hours is what is that? Then ten days straight, roughly. Yeah. In that ballpark, anyway. It is. It's not that long. I mean, I've certainly given more time to the other games in the past. Yeah, but you, you don't have play to them really over like ten it. days. You don't play them even something like that. You don't even play over twenty days, do you? You play it over a, if you're putting two hundred hours into a game, you're probably playing it over a month or two months. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah getting yeah. in small sessions here Definitely, or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple um, of hours each. Yeah, day. yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. It's it's good so far, but as I say, I've only played an hour, hour and a half. So yeah. you don't have to play all two hundred hours of it. Mean, no, it's not very true. But I think it's I think it's a game that I, if the story opens up, you know, once I get into the story, if I'm invested in the the main storyline, then I, I'll see it through. But um, mm-hmm. yes, we shall see. I shall report back more next week. Cool. Because if it is that big, it may be the only thing I've played <laughs> <laughs> when we come back next week. Nice. Uh, I think you should finish up your... Uh, yeah. It's all this chatting. So should we have um, the red IPA next? Mm-hmm. 
Is it a red IPA or is it a red? It is a red IPA, no, the, the Siren. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Liquid Mistress? Liquid Mistress is kind of a funky name. It's a nice looking bottle as well. I quite like Siren bottles. Yeah, the Siren bottles are good. They're understated. It's always a similar theme as well. It's always this uh, the Siren character. Yeah, yeah. Different poses surrounded by different things. Yeah, I'm up for this. I've got good... Like, I like Siren. They're one of my favourite breweries. Yeah, we haven't really been wowed with the red IPAs that we've had recently. No. We had the Flame. Yeah, that's true. And we had another red IPA was Flame two a red IPA weeks was, ago. Yeah, yeah, the Flame was. We didn't have one last week when we were at a beer emporium. Um, but I'm sure we had another... Uh, oh, uh, Buxton High Tour right, red IPA. Right. Mm. Which you'd have to go back to a couple of episodes ago to know what we were talking about because I don't remember. Uh, yeah, well, that stands out then on its own. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just one of those beers we had. But I do actually have a vague recollection of it not being um, so special because we had a Buxton episode, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was up, yeah, that week. Um, and I seem to remember only really one of them being great and the rest of them were like... Yeah, Nth Cloud, I think that was the, that was the double IPA. Yeah. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. That was nice. I seem to remember that all three of us. Um, yeah, it was a solid, up. solid. Yeah. The, the type of IPA that I want to drink. That mm. one was, I seem to yeah. remember. So let's let's hope this can live up to that. I mean, I think there's a kind of trend these days to make, um, like black IPAs, red mm. IPAs. Um, Admittedly, those are the only two colours. <laughs> but then you get your rye PAs, which is like a rye IPA kind of thing, double IPA. Um, so obviously, everyone likes their parallels. Mm. It's like the most sort of common beer style. But, uh, I suppose it's got the most, is that the beer style that's got the most variation of as well? Sort of. No, no, there's no reason why it should be more varied. I mean, parallels are defined by the hops, more or less. Mm. So um, it's just one ingredient that you could focus on yeah. rather than the others. I mean, so other styles are more characterised by the malt or the, the yeast. So like a wheat beer, for instance, mm-hmm. is like you, you're using hops that don't really have very much to them at all, noble hops, um, and then like as pale uh, malts as you can find. Right. And then it's all about keeping those flavours in the background and letting the yeast come to the fore. And that's where the kind of banana-y, clovey flavour okay. kind of comes from. Whereas in a parallel, the the yeast will be doing something, but it's mainly about keeping those two things in the background and putting the hops pushing the hops forward, or yeah. in like a like a sort of more traditional, um, like a bitter or a brown ale or something, or uh, like the dunkel that we had. Yeah, um, there it would be more about the malt grain okay. going on, so it'll be different types of. Like so, so the, or whatever that the different beer in. styles are all about pushing it or, or bringing a different ingredient to the front, not just the you know not just a different kind of of hop as such, but a, a different element of the. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like in the way that um, um, a meal or something might focus on a particular thing that you're having. I don't know. You might like have a potato curry or chicken curry or something. Okay. Like focusing on and the different ones where like the sauce is the main thing when. Um, in a tikka it's not really the sauce it's more about like the kind of just the seasoning and then it's just cooked mm-hmm. nicely or something. I don't know it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not great I, I know what you're talking about 
yeah, you don't have to. It's not like you should see all beer styles as just focusing on one of those three, but yeah. often they do. Okay. Um, I mean, like a good beer might be taking different elements from each and blending them quite nicely. Mm. So, so actually, quite a lot of lagers are quite hoppy. So, in a lager, there's there's nothing going on in the grain bill. It's like lager malt, really, really pale. Doesn't really taste of anything very mm. much. Um, and then lager yeast, obviously, and that's what makes it different from ale. Yeah. The yeast. Um, but then yeah, often so there's there's a big yeast profile going on. But then often with a good lager, there'll be quite a lot of hops in there as well, especially in the nose. So they, that's an example of a beer style where both of those two things are quite prominent. So it's not yeah. that they only have one; you can okay. quite easily have them yeah, yeah. in conjunction. So anyway, this very, is it's very dark. Dark as a motherfucker, isn't it? I know it says it's a red IPA, but it's um. It's, it's almost a brown, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's, it's opaque completely. Yeah, it's got a good nose. Mm. Oh yeah, that smells great. Like sweet and fruity. Mm, very fruity. Really fruity. So I'm trying to think back of the other um, red IPAs we had to see if I can compare it. To those, but um, it's not as zany as Flame was. No, no, we didn't it's even know how to describe. Flame yeah, I think it's a bit more balanced than that. It's um, it's got a good flavour, but it doesn't sort of linger very much. It doesn't have a massive aftertaste, although there is something there that just sits quite nicely. Yeah, it's a good beer. Mm. It's got like that um, that like punchy hoppiness at the beginning, and then there's a little bit of the. Because the darkness in the beer um, is coming from that like dark malt that gets put in there, so you can sort of get that. Um, I guess it's that type of flavour that you can taste in a Guinness, where it's almost yeah. like so the, the like the the depths of the bitterness or something, where you can it's like tangible kind of sense of. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a flavour where you go like, oh yeah, that's that flavour. And you can sort of take that from that experience and then apply it again to other similar yeah. types of... So yeah. really, really dark beers mm. normally have that going on in there. So I guess it's probably chocolate malt or something really, really dark. Mm. So that's in the background as well. Yeah. So it's not really red. I don't know why they call this red. No, I don't know. I don't know why the other two were... You know, what makes it a red IPA. Whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's purely <clears throat> on colour. Because this isn't really... Isn't really red. Yeah. I, I seem to remember the flame was quite. Light sort of had a, yeah, yeah. It did have that um, that red tint to it. I mean, there is a little bit of a little bit of there red. Is a bit of red um, around the edges, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I suppose because it's so opaque, you can't um, you can't get it much. But when you sort of catch it in the light, mm. in the glass, you do get a little. Uh, you do get a little bit of red. So there's a fine line between. Um, a red IPA and a black IPA. Mm. I think it's just the round the edges very slightly. Yeah. But it's a good beer. I like yeah, it. yeah. Enjoying this. It's good. So what have you been playing, man? Uh, not very much out of the ordinary. Um, I played a quite a good flash tanks game at work today when I should have been working. And <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to play some games for a bit. In between emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so flash games have come. I haven't played a flash game for I don't know probably like I'm mean, sat you know sat down and googled flash games yeah. 
I mean, I like that type of, I need to just kill ten minutes doing something completely pointless. Mm -hmm. um, they've come on a long way. Have they? Yeah. I've been Flash game for a while. In this game, for a Flash game. Mm. And I didn't have to load anything, or there was, yeah, so I didn't have to install anything, there was no load screen. Um, and yeah, it was like a decent graphics kind of game. It, was, it wasn't a great game, but, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have to do anything to start playing it, so that was quite fun. Nice. What did, what did you have to do in it? Uh, drive around, around pick up power ups shoot other tanks okay um, there wasn't much else yeah. there was no character development is it a little top it? down um, or it was third kind person of, sort of yeah I guess it was more like third person so isometric-y yeah kind of, um, view I, yeah and I can't remember what it's called maybe if I, I don't know google flash games and then pick the first one that has a picture of a tank on whatever the top website was on google and that'll be the same game. You find out it's called Tanked Up. <laughs> it's stolen the name. If they, if it was called Tanked Up, I'd probably email them and be like, "Yo, we do this thing. Why don't we?" <laughs> and I played your game. Yeah. Actually, what could they do then? They could send me a free copy of your already free. Yeah, game. yeah. Um, no, so I've, it's been quite busy recently. So I haven't had much time to kick back and. Get into loads of different things. I've um, been hitting zombies a bit when I've been trying to relax. So my friend recently got um, to make mine with a, an Xbox. Mm -hmm. Renewed his 360. Uh, so his, uh, what do you call it, Xbox Live? Xbox Live, yeah. So, um, and he's big into zombies. So occasionally I get these texts that just says, Zombs, question mark. And uh, it's like, all right then, yeah, let's do a bit of Zombs for a while. Then. Which is this um, on Black on the first Black Ops? On Black Ops, yeah. 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 I'm playing um, Derisa, which is classic zombies. So it's, I think it's on, geez, what came before Black Ops? Was it? Modern Warfare 2? No, no, yeah, but because it's two, two kind of sub-companies, isn't it, that, that took it in turns. They do, yeah. There's three of them that take it in turns. Um, right, Infinity Ward, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, and Treyarch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> Treyarch made Black Ops, I believe. Right. Okay. But, but so before Black Ops, it was Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. It? And then before, before that, Modern it Warfare was uh, World of War. Right. So World of War had the first zombies. Yes. Yeah. But there were four levels, were there? I can't remember. I just remember the from World at War. The, the one right. that I played a lot was just in a in a house. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Huh, but was that like um? Yeah, okay, the house one. Uh, I'm getting confused now. I thought the house one was when you completed Modern Warfare. No, that's when you completed World. Yeah, that was uh, when you completed World at War. See, I don't think I completed World at War. Really? I don't think I played it enough to complete. Okay. I I, I never play the one-player games mm. um, on these things. But I remember completing it once um, at another job that I used to have. <laughs> My friend <laughs> set up the Xbox in the back room of a, of a shop that we worked in. And when there was no one in there, we'd just play um, Xbox in the back. But there was no internet in there, so we could only play one-on-one -on -one fighting each other yeah. which is good but after a while it's like you can see where I am on the split mm, screen so. mm. you start to learn the maps a little bit yeah, and yeah. you know exactly where your opponent is yeah, yeah. Um, and then Get so the I think golden we completed now, yeah. the yeah we completed the um, one player game and played the zombies for the first time without mm. knowing that it was going to come on yeah yeah that's right it just sort of kicks in at the end doesn't it actually what was happening so we were both um, 
the store managers, each of us two were. Yeah. Like, job shared it. And so we had like three employees or something. And we'd spent the day shift not really doing anything very much because hardly anyone came in. And we were getting through Call of Duty in the back room, basically. <laughs> and then um, we, we had decided that we would definitely pack up the Xbox before the girl who was coming in to do the evening shift got there. Otherwise, she would see us playing computer games and it would undermine our credibility as the managers of the store and her <laughs> bosses, essentially. Um, so we completed it about 10 minutes before she was supposed to get there, or five minutes before she was supposed to get there, something like that. And then, like, I went and served someone who came in and I came back in and the credits had finished. And then I was, like, about to switch it off and then zombies started. And we'd never seen it before. I didn't know there was a zombies mm. mini game at the end. And so all of a sudden it was like, what, I'm in a house, I'm playing, this is like a bonus level or something, and then it was like, oh my god, there's a zombie ripping open a window, what the fuck, I'm going to try and kill it, and then, so we were both just sat there, like, whoa, oh my god, um, played it for another ten minutes, and then she just sort of, I remember turning around and seeing this girl standing in the doorway looking at us, like, it was suddenly like, oh, you're looking at me like my mum would do if I had promised <laughs> to clean my room and had been caught not cleaning You're my room. meant to be working. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we were just like, yeah, you, you go outside and, I don't know, serve someone. We're just finishing this important um, game. Research, it's research. Yeah. I mean, it's such a it's you know such a simple thing to do, just to put in an extra level at the end of a game. Yeah. Which is, you know, all exactly the same mechanics, but just change the enemies into shambling zombies. And it's spawned a completely new, well, not new game mode, but... It, spawned an extra game mode mm. that's then packaged in almost with every other iteration of, of Call of Duty. Yeah, and something that a lot of people really got into and really played as well. Yeah, just... yeah. I mean, Black Ops is a great game. The multiplayer on Black Ops is great anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one player, not so much. Mm-hmm. But um, Zombies is, is like up there with um, the, the, the online play. Yeah, just yeah. Good, definitely. Definitely. Just gives it that little bit more depth as well, doesn't it? And I mean, something like Zombies is... Even though Black Ops introduced um, split-screen multiplayer to be able to play online with an extra person, sort of, I suppose Zombies just gave you that, um, you, you know, that couch co-op sort of experience as well. Something that the, the Call of Duty didn't have. You had yeah. your single-player campaign. You had your online multiplayer. Very single-player, or, or single-player in the vis- in your own vicinity sort of experiences. Um, and this just opened it up to something extra where you can just get together with them, even if there's only two of you running around a level, mm. sort of side by side, doing it. Okay, yeah, you can play it online as well, and, and experience it the same as you would experience sort of the other elements of the game. Yeah. But it just adds a little bit more depth and adds something else to get you involved in it. Yeah, and kind of making me want to play a game of it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I know the other. Um, so the zombies is in almost every, is in every other version. And then in the modern warfares, which don't have zombies, they have like a survival mode, mm. um, which I quite like. I quite enjoyed mm. the. I know it's a, it's almost like a just you know wave after wave of of enemies that get harder and you know progressively harder each time. Whether there's more enemies or a different kind of harder enemy or a helicopter will suddenly come in or something. Yeah, and they had ones where it wasn't just enemies, but it was juggernauts or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played that a couple of times. It was okay. It's just, I don't know, it's not as good as the zombies. Like, I mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I thought in the um, survival modes, you can win. Like, you can just, there's only so many waves, like 15 or something. Oh, I don't sense. know. I think I think it's Modern Warfare 2 that I played the most 
of that on and I think on one of the levels we'd worked out exactly where to hold up, where to put our sentry guns, where to, you know, to, to run when the helicopters came and all this sort of stuff. And I think we got up to something like wave 32, 33, Maybe. something like that. And I, I don't know whether there is a limit, but it didn't seem like it was letting up. Mm. And suddenly, like, wave 32 was three juggernauts, a bunch of dogs and a load of people. And it's like, wow, well, we're done, aren't we? This is it. And that's what I really like about the zombies is the way that they... Um they made it like really bleak in that you can't win. Like it's just, the zombies are going to get you. They definitely are. And yeah. it sort of means it like has this um, like build up kind of element to it where you can play it for ages and you can get yourself settled into a routine and you know where you are and you've got your souped up guns and whatever. Mm. Um, but sooner or later something's going to go wrong. And yeah. Someone's going to yeah. fuck up trying to go for a power up or something and then the gal position. The and then, yeah, exactly. Some, some shit like that's, definitely going to happen no matter how good you are at playing it you you are going to die and they are going to overrun and then you've got that like sometimes it can be 40 minutes or an hour and a half or something of like calmly annihilating zombies for ages and ages and ages and then there's like five minutes of sheer panic and no ah quickly throw a monkey someone someone goes down you get them up you go down they get you up you run away for it to all happen again yeah yeah i really like that nice and it sort of reflects the um uh, the idiom of uh, zombies in general, like the you know, it's, it's sort of desperation, like everyone's dead. You know, you don't really stand any kind of actual chance. It, give, it gives you that feeling of hopelessness or something that you would have in a yeah. in a zombie yeah. apocalypse. And I, don't I know. suppose the only way you would ever finish is if it had some kind of population counter and said there are six billion people in the world, <laughs> so you have to kill six billion zombies. Yeah, I thought about that actually. Maybe um, they could. They could work out how many um, people there were in the German army or something in World yeah, War Two, yeah. and I mean, that's got to be hundreds of thousands. Sure, oh, it's millions, definitely. I mean, I think it was three million that invaded Russia. Shit. So, and that was probably uh, most of them or whatever. But like, that's, that's it. Wasn't all of them? Cause no, they had no. All these other Western Europe stuff going on. So let me just say five million. I mean, it would take you a long time to kill five million. Especially when the first zombies. wave is ten. Yes. <laughs> Even on the difficult waves, they're still... I mean, they're not a hundred, I think. No, man. No, definitely not. I mean, it, it, do they even get up to something like 50? I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about that. No. They just get harder and faster. And they take more bullets and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They shamble a bit quicker. So what I want is to be the guy who got paid to make record the audio noises for the zombies. <laughs> You know, just like... <laughs> You've done it. You've got the job. Yeah, I'd be good at that. I'd be better than... <laughs> just sit in a recording booth for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. And you're done. And then every time a zombie makes one of those noises, he gets a little bit of the royalties. He goes to him. So. A tenth of a penny. Yeah, exactly. But that's fine, because if you get up to level 38, that's hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's measured. Yeah. <laughs> the genius of the game. You'd, have to, you'd always have to play online, otherwise you'd never get paid. <laughs> Right, come on then, let's have another beer. So let's have one of these. So we've had our IPA part of the, of the session. So we've got two excellent, excellent breweries, Wild Beer and Beaver Town. Both stouts. Both stouts, yeah. What do you want? Um, so You've been thinking about these stouts for ages. I've been thinking about stouts so for ages. That's why I'm giving I it do to enjoy you. a good stout. So we've got Millionaire, that's a wild which is beer. Uh, caramel 
chocolate and milk stout. I suppose reminiscent of a like millionaire shortcake or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. um, and then Beaver Town Holy Cowbell India Stout. Cool. Which I don't know what that is. Well, I'm imagining India Stout. It means it's going to be hoppy, okay. hoppy stout. I imagine. I don't know. Never had it before. Mm. But I'm assuming it's a blend of India IPA kind of thing and a stout. Let's let's feel like we're in the money. Let's hit the millionaire. Okay. Right, if that is it. how it makes us feel. <laughs> Hopefully that's how it makes us feel. We shall see. I think we've had a few wild beers. Yeah. Um, and they've always been very good. I'm trying to think of the one of the f- sort of first few episodes. We had one which Nate was it fresh wild beer fresh maybe had a green um, stag's head on the front, um, which I think yeah. was an IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Wild beer have made one of the best. IPAs I've had. Um, I'm trying to think what it was called now. Maybe it was called Madness. Okay, that's a good dark beer. Um, but yeah, I had that beer in um, small bar in mm. Bristol, and um, yeah, it was just like I don't know. It was like one of those evenings where I was having a session with some people, drinking lots of different types of beer, and then it was just like, yeah, I'm not having anything other than this now. This really? is just like the best beer I've had for weeks. And mm. There's no point trying randomly picking other beers nice. this just dominates everything else I've had quality so, I think it was called Madness IPA mm. by Wild Beer anyway it was great it was wonderful is that something that they um, produce constantly I don't know actually I'm not sure I haven't had it again I haven't seen it on tap because with a lot of craft beers you go out and you find one and you really enjoy yeah. it and find out that it's only a small batch and that they only make it at certain true. times of the year and that you can't get it for the next nine months or you get it anyway again and it's not the same yeah yeah so I mean, I've seen a lot of people um, complaining that punk IPA has changed recently and okay. uh, some people claiming that over a certain uh, batch date that it's different I mean that might be true but Brewdog are big enough now that it shouldn't be the case but with a lot of really small craft breweries it just is going to be the case anyway one way or the other yeah. they're not going to be like, if you want reproducibility, go and drink Guinness, go and drink Foster's or whatever. But if you want, like, the, that's kind of the joys, the paradoxical thing about craft beer is that, like, the variability is the, the brilliance of it and the frustration of it at the same time. Mm. Like, it's great that there's so many different things out there, but it's really yeah. annoying that you're never really going to have the same beer twice if you're getting it from a proper tiny brewery. Anyway. Yeah, I suppose... Uh, so much when you're making in small batches can vary. Yeah. To to change just a, a, even the tiniest, mm-hmm. tiniest taste variation in it will, will make it different, won't it? So. Yeah, just the temperature being different yeah. or the humidity on that day. It's it's the weather outside or whatever. On the um, so a lot of breweries will have um, like the traditional method of having the fermenters is having them open. So you really should keep oxygen out of your um, beer when the yeast is active mm. because it um, will completely change the way that the yeast works and, and change the flavours and everything. So ordinarily, like if you're home brewing, standard like tips for home brewing when you're starting off is um, to like don't keep checking the beer. If, it, if the ferment is bubbling, don't open it up at all. You don't want air going in there. Mm. You need to keep it as, as like... Um, air-free as possible. You should oxygenate the wort before you um, put it in, but that's once once it's fermenting, don't open it up, leave it. 
However, the traditional way of having um, like a small brewery will have open um, fermenters. And the way it works is that the foam that it naturally generates on the top acts as a barrier. So um, yeah, you can have it that even small bits of crap or whatever from the air or like a fly or something might land. But it, the, the foam on um, <laughs> fermenting <laughs> beer is so thick that it won't get down mm, inside fly. it. It sounds lush, doesn't it? But like that that's... Uh, anyway, so sidetrack. What's the beer like? It's good. Yeah, I really like this. Getting a lot of caramel. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's very sweet. Wow. That's really sweet. Mm. Mm, that's a really... Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is very nice. It is making me feel like a millionaire. Like I'm bathing in money. It's so sweet. That's like the sweetest beer I've ever had. It's not It's not at all what you think of as a stout. No, there's no, like, there's really no bitterness whatsoever. No, no not at all. That's weird. It'd be interesting to see what the uh, what the Beaver Town India stout is um, is like in comparison. It's... Yeah, I don't think I've had a stout like that before. No, I've definitely not. I mean, it still it still tastes like a stout. Like it's still mm. got that. Um, I don't know how to describe the taste, but so it's, it's something like a stout. You've almost got quite a heavy, not flavour to it, I suppose. Uh, it's just a heavy feeling with it. It's sort of it, yeah, the mouth feel. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It is literally thicker mm, than mm. Uh, a pale ale or something. Like there's more stuff in there. Yeah, but that is good. It's a great beer. Mm. It doesn't linger too long either. No, it sort of does its job and um, and goes, but just gives that little bit of you've just got a, a tiny sweetness mm. left at the end. Um, I know it says it's salted caramel, but I can't. Yeah, no, I'm getting that though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not sure whether I can distinguish between it, you know, sat here now whether I can distinguish between the the flavour of salted caramel versus caramel, really. Well, the saltedness is on like the tip of your tongue, rather than uh, the sweetness being kind of on the back and the sides. Yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah you don't quite get that. Yeah, the, the sweetness is very much at the back. Hmm. Oh, that is good. That's a good really beer. good. Yeah. So it tastes like a luxurious product, like yeah, I don't know, Harrods or something. You're getting some like luxury thing for rich people, for millionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well done. They've done very well, well with that. Yeah, excellent. Mm. So, so the topic for this evening? Yeah, the difficulty of gaming. The difficulty of gaming. Yeah, true. How difficult we uh, we find it to fit gaming in in our busy, hectic everyday <laughs> lives. How difficult we find it to fit podcasting in, in our busy, hectic yeah, that's true lives. Um, and I suppose really it's more um, as you've grown older, as you've been you know become more more busy. That makes no sense. As you become busier, mm-hmm. whether your gaming habits have changed, whether the amount of time you spend on on gaming has changed. And... Well, yeah. So I mean. Obviously, when I was an undergraduate, say, at uni, uh, quite a lot more time to play games. Mm. So I was able to just destroy Alien vs. Predator, say, for ages. Or, I don't know, Pro Evo or Halo or something. The sort of things I used to play a lot of. And you could just kick back with mates when you live in a house with 
Mm. Other twenty-one-year-olds all just bumming around all the time. Then yeah, you can kick back and play games. It's not like that when you've got a full-time job, unfortunately. Yeah, very true. Do you think that the the kind of games that you play has changed as well? Do you become in, uh, as invested in sort of games? Did you you know back when you were twenty-one? Did you play a lot of single-player sort of story-driven? games or have you always sort of played more of uh, FIFA's and Call of Duty's and yeah um, I don't think the types of games that I've played has changed mm. I think that the way that I fit it in around my life has changed yeah but I was never really like um, story driven kind of RPGs or whatever never really my thing I guess that's okay I do like strategy games that's true yeah um, but then you know just just for as much time that you sit there playing with mates or whatever there's probably just as much time where I was sat in my room when everyone else has gone to sleep sitting there playing Civ or something anyway so um, yeah I don't think I play different games I don't think I've matured in that way like I guess I'm more um, discriminating like I am with beer I'm more I can tell the difference between things or whatever but like I'd, I still like pale ales more than mm. like yeah. for instance stouts I feel bad saying that but dissing stouts when we're drinking a really fucking nice stout but I, and generally speaking I'm not like a big stout fan yeah um, so yeah I don't know what do you think so um, you? I'm not like I don't think um, well, I suppose my, my gaming habits a little bit have changed just in terms of how much I can spend time on them. You know, obviously having a full-time job and, um, you know, wanting to spend time with um, my girlfriend doing other things than gaming. You know, as you said, when you're a student and you're hanging around with your mates and gaming is maybe one of your, you know, main hobbies, you spend a lot of time being able to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I then think you get a girlfriend. You can't you do all those fun things that you want to do. You have to do all these other rubbish. God things. damn it! <laughs> um, I mean, I used to play a lot of MMOs mm-hmm. when I was, uh, you know, before I was at university. When I was at university, um, but I just there's no way I'd be able to fit in uh, an MMO now, especially something like World of Warcraft, and, and be in a, a large raiding guild. And have time to spend four hours of an evening yeah. just crawling through one of these dungeons, you know, doing something as as part of a team. There's, there's no way that I could fit that in now. And I suppose it's something that, um, you know, we're at a stage in our life where children haven't turned up yet. So it's horrifying to think how much <laughs> gaming I'm going to get in when small people have turned up. Yeah, but then you'll play games with them, presumably. I would imagine so, but you're going to be playing... You know, your gaming habits will definitely change then, I imagine, because you'll be playing very different games with them than sort of you're playing. You know, there's no way that I would play The Witcher or something like that, or Pillars of Eternity. Games like this no. are not going to be played with children. Or PT. Um, or PT. <laughs> there's no way. That Even as a fully grown adult. That's terrifying. I don't know whether a three year old would be able to to grasp the concept of what's going on or whether they would just run through something appears in front of them and just go oh yeah alright whatever yeah, yeah. they I don't understand they, the concept still find of it death scary. And, you know, I mean I watched The Omen when I was about seven and it terrified me I'm sure that at the time I didn't know that much about like the Catholic faith or the fucking <laughs> actual possession was supposed to be yeah. or anything but it still terrified me never heard the name Damien before <laughs> I watched that um at my um, uncle and auntie's house in Bradford 
when I had gone out with my parents and, and all the adults had gone out for dinner. And um, I watched it with my cousin, who's about 10 years older than me. But she fell asleep on the sofa very soon after the film started. And I'm not mm. sure she knew what the film was. And I sat there and watched the whole thing. And there was a big storm and it was like thunder and lightning and stuff outside. I was terrified that evening. It was horrible. <laughs> really. And like watching it back as well. It's not even a good... I mean, it's quite good, uh, but it's not really scary. The, bit no, the guy gets no. his head cut off by the plate glass. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. The, the effects on that are just awful. I was going to say, like yeah, you, you look back at it now and it's... Yeah. Um, but the, it's something like P2. When the three of us played that you know, several weeks ago, um, I was then in the house by myself all evening because Kim was, was <laughs> off for the weekend. And you guys had gone and, and I think we jumped into some, some GTA which lightened the mood slightly afterwards. But suddenly... You know, we we'd come over here to play GTA rather than playing it at my place, which is where we played PT with all of the lights off. Suddenly, so you walk back into your house and you're like, "Okay, it's not a it's not an L shaped corridor, this house." But uh, okay, yeah, that did dissipate very quickly. As soon as you turn the light on, it's like, "Oh, it's a game." Oh yeah, she was peritoned for some food. It's like, "Hey, hey, I'm here. Stop thinking about all these other things. Pay attention to me." Perry is uh, Ben's cat, in case anyone's wondering. I think he appeared at some point, didn't he? He meowed. Did he? On one episode, occasionally. Um, But I suppose something like PT is quite a nice game to play now. It's something that you can jump into for a couple of hours and Mm. and have a very short experience with. And once you've had that experience, you don't necessarily tend to go back to it. It's something that you do when you've got a couple of hours to be able to play. And I, I suppose gaming now, for me, comes in short bursts yeah I don't, that's true don't yeah. tend to have like big sessions anymore um, and I, I only get to play a game for a sort of a couple of hours and it's a couple of hours a short session well, it is in regards to how I used to play games <laughs> um, yeah I suppose it's well even even this evening I played you know 10 minutes of The Witcher and all I did really was just roam around the countryside on my horse discovering locations and, and things like that but mm. there was then other stuff to go and do and in real life I had to switch the game off for and I sort of tend to be getting my gaming in sort of much yeah, more yeah. shorter bursts so something like say The Witcher allows you almost to, to do that there's a lot of breaks you can stop you can you can pick the story up as and when you need mm. to whereas a game like Pillars of Eternity wanted you to okay you can just you know pause the game save it come out of it that sort of almost wanted more of your time. It wanted you to stay within the game. It wanted you to go through the whole dungeon as such and, and do everything within it mm. to then come out, have that whole experience uh, and then come out to be able to go off and do something else, um, which sometimes, you know, if you're going about it very cautiously and very strategically through one of these dungeons, it's going to take you a little while to be able to actually move through the different levels within it and do what you need to do. Mm. So you want a larger gaming session to be able to do that. Can you not pause your progress? You you can, you can pause it, you can then save it and and go off as long as you're not in combat. Mm -hmm. But it just takes you out of that experience. Mm. Um, The Witcher has a nice thing, whereas when you reload your game, as soon as you go back into it, it gives you a quick um, like 10-second animated recap Cool. Of where you are within the story. Like last week on The Witcher. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Because I've not progressed in the story, I've seen the same 
you know, intro cutscene so, sort um, of can you five it? times. Uh, can you skip it? I don't know. It, it, it is five seconds. I don't know whether the game is loading when it plays mm. for you to be able to skip it. I've not tried to skip it. So that's one thing that bugs me about games when um, you're forced to watch things over and mm. over again that like, you can't be bothered to... like. I mean, so I kind of feel like all loading screens should give you some little game, mini-game to play. Like, for instance, on FIFA, when it's loading, you get just a one-on-one with you and the goalie that yeah, you yeah. shoot or whatever. We've got that awful crossing... Or yeah, or yeah, okay, on the two player, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Those are skill games. But um uh for say GTA when it loads, it takes ages to load GTA mm. on my Xbox as well. But um it's like yeah, those like random pictures or whatever. Um I've seen them a hundred times, each one a hundred times. It's just it's dull now. I, mean, I should just have the ability to play even if it's Pong or something, you know, it's taking no memory. It's gonna be something to do in that time. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's. Um, you were talking about flash games. I instantly thought of when uh, Google Chrome can't load a page, mm-hmm. and you get the little dinosaur. Mm-hmm. If you press it up, the little dinosaur jumps, <laughs> and it will automatically start running. Okay, and then you just have to jump over obstacles, <laughs> so it gives you something to do nice. when you know, rather than you just being frustrated. Mm. and not being able to load the page and have to go back into it. It gives you something slightly to do, to think, oh, if 10 seconds, I'll just do this, and then I'll try and reload the page. Yeah, uh, you, you sort of... Your your gaming time is precious, and you want to almost be using all of it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like these days... Well, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say these days you shouldn't have loading screens, but I guess the processing's gone up, but then so is the complexity of the game, so it's kind of kept pace with itself, and still got loading screens. But But... Yeah, I mean, the, you should have as minimal loading screen as possible, and where possible, there should be something for you to do or look at that's not just the same thing. It's like if you phone up a utility company or something, you have to sit and listen to the hold music, and it's just the same song over and over again. It's like, get like a couple of songs, get like a playlist, get Spotify, yeah, whatever, yeah. I don't know. They're always the most frustrating songs possible as well. well just hold read. the line by um, Fleetwood Mac constantly. <laughs> just like, oh. God. Or like I get, I really appreciate it if I'm on hold to someone, and it says if you don't want to listen to the whole music, press star or something. Then we just have silence, and some people prefer silence. True. I would prefer silence, especially unless it's. I mean, ideally, in a perfect world, it would be, you know, here's a list of ten songs or a hundred songs. Which one do you want to pick? And you can just. In a perfect world, they just instantly pick the phone up. Yes, that's right. In a perfect world, there wouldn't be utilities companies until everything would be free. I just get free energy, free water, whatever. No Never have to listen to whole music again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the same as lift music? Just impending doom is coming. Shall we uh, crack open the Beaver Town? Yeah, definitely. So this is the only one in a can for this week. Beaver Town, holy cowbell, India style. There's a good picture of a cow's skull. Yeah, we were talking about skulls with the uh, was it the weird beard brewing? They had a lot of skulls on their uh, on their bottles. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I seem to remember. I may be wrong. Who knows? So this is as dark as you'd expect a stamp to be. It's got something to live up to. I, you know, it's not going to be the same beer at all. It's going to be completely, completely different, different. Yeah. but. We shall have a look. Oops. A little spillage. All right. So, 
Well, it smells like a IPA. Does. Hoppy. It's very so hoppy. I've predicted it would be, given the subtle clue of India. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's mm. it's a black IPA. Yeah. With a sort of stouty aftertaste. It's got a bit more of a traditional stouty taste, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true, actually. It's, it feels like it's going to be a black IPA for the first, like, two or three seconds. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and a bit stouty. But actually, then, the, the finish is is all hops, it seems to me. No, that's not quite right, actually. It's a bit of both. It's a complex flavour. It's a complex flavour, it is. It is, definitely. But it is essentially what you'd get if you smushed an IPA with a with a stout. Which yeah. is exactly what you'd expect. Given yeah, it. yeah, definitely. It's nice. It's good. It is good. It's, um, you know, I suppose it's, it's not quite right trying to compare something like the, uh, the Wild Beer Millionaire to this because they are very different drinks. Yeah, even though they're both craft ale stouts. They're very, very different. Mm. So, um, Miller bought Meantime. They did. They did. Craft. Sab Miller. I don't know what the Sab, Sab is. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck knows. But they're the producer of um, Miller Light, which mm. is possibly the worst beer in the entire world. And Foster's. And Foster's, that's true. Yeah. Also Peroni, which isn't like that bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, okay. It's definitely the best choice you've got normally in a standard... Yeah, okay, so in bar. a standard bar, what would you be going for? But is it Peroni? Um, I don't know. If, if you went to the pub and they didn't have any excellent craft beers on... Yeah, we're talking and like we're a, to, a, or, a really standard a, a, and their Yeah, and their, their selection of ales were... Let's just say... standard yeah, right. English... They have some room temperature IPA, yeah, horrible, yeah. disgusting, horrible um, shit. I suppose uh, Peroni... Uh, Birra Moretti, which yeah. is an Italian one, which is is quite nice. I drink an Amstel. Amstel's yeah, Amstel's not bad. Amstel's not bad. Or um, sometimes I'll drink a Red Stripe if yeah. I'm in the mood. Yeah. If if push comes to shove, a San Miguel's not bad. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Or um, a Tyski. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Is that a Polish. Yeah. 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 And they have the um, the bottles have like wrinkle kind of. Bottle caps. Okay. So you can open them wherever. Oh, nice. So when the shop, when I was describing the thing about Nazi zombies before in the shop, it was an off license. Yeah. So that would be the one where you'd be like, oh, just chuck a quid in the till, scan through a drink at the end of the shift or whatever, and it would always be a, a Tyski because you, you could just open it just up. Just open it up. Have it sitting in the back room. It's good shit. Nice. Doesn't really taste it much, but. Mm. So anyway, not. Don't really do that very much, really, these days. Going in and thinking, well, which one of these shitty beers am I going to drink? No, not at all. Don't really go. I mean, we're quite lucky in Bristol because a lot of places you go will have, like, a gem or yeah, exactly. something of a yeah. similar... You know, you've got an ale which is of a similar sort of par as, as that. Yeah, so there's always something quite good to be able to drink. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. That may be just because we're going to places in particular where... Possibly. So, like, where we live, there's... Only, I mean, there's quite a lot of pubs around here. Yeah. But apart from, like, say, the Weatherspoons, there's mm. nowhere that has anything good. Like, you you have to walk for ten minutes to go to the pub. Yeah, true, very true. And if we went to the Portcullis, they don't do jam. They don't do brew dog or anything. They don't. But I think they... They probably do Red Stripe. <laughs> they, they may. I mean, I suppose my go-to 
drink if there's nothing on offer is a Guinness. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a Guinness. Yeah. It's not a great drink, though. I mean, it's overrated. Everyone goes on about um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, great, St. Patrick's Day, you get to have Guinness. It's like, yeah, I can have Guinness any day of the week. It's true. I can have yeah, Guinness yeah. every day of the week if I mm. wanted. And, you know, so there's this great day where I can... I don't care. <laughs> so what? Well. I think the drinking of Guinness on St. Patrick's Day is a very overblown, yeah. non-Irish thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like Valentine's Day. Someone just made it up one day. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. Today we're going to give cards with hearts on. Oh yeah, really? Okay. So yeah, we, we, <laughs> so, we pulled away from from the original statement so, okay. massively. Obviously, Miller buying Meantime is bad. Well, we've right? we've never had a Meantime brewery beer on the podcast, have we? And no. I've I, and I've never had a Meantime brewery. They're a, a London, yeah, brewery. I don't think yeah. they're very big, but they do. They have like all uh, of their drinks are like London Porter, London Pale Ale. London IPA, I think there's yeah. um I know I, I was reading an article and is it Yak Yakahammer or something like that I think they do Yakahammer IPA something okay right, similar uh, roughly around there but um yeah I don't think they're massive I think they've got maybe five or six I could be completely wrong but I think they've got five or six sort of main um drinks that they do they're, they're not massive but they're um I mean they're a, they're a craft brewery obviously mm. they're not big. I think they have two pubs. Um, they have, I don't know, they're, they're, they're like as big as um, as you'd expect to find for a, for a craft brewery. Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're bigger than Wiper and True, for instance. Mm. But they, are they, uh, so in the meantime, um, do, they nation- do they nationally distribute? Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, but now they're going to be internationally distributing. Yeah. Obviously. So they'll be looking at, like, Europe, possibly North America, I guess, as well. Um, I mean, so it's, it's not a bad thing in the sense that, like, um, Miller would be foolish to say, come in and change the recipes too yeah. much or, like, insist on something. I mean, presumably the same guys are going to be running it. It's just going to be, like, the shareholders will be different from and they'll be they on a, a larger scale yeah I and they'll have more money so when we were talking earlier about um, you know keeping the flavour the same between batches mm-hmm. do you think that that's advantageous to a, a craft brewer to be able to keep your your recipe and your, your, yeah, your taste I mean, the same with every batch there does come a point where um, so I mean I was possibly exaggerating it slightly but like the really small ones will have, um, they'll be the ones where you'll get higher experimentation and higher variability between batches. So they'll be like chucking in, you know, twice as much coriander seeds the next time you brew because it wasn't quite right or whatever. Yeah. They keep changing up like that. But then also suffer from the problem that like they can't quite remember how they got it to taste so good the last time. Something. That's quite a small brewery, mm-hmm. like quite new. Once you're getting anywhere near, say, Beaver Town or Wild Beer or someone like this, then Siren, they're all craft breweries, but these guys are, like, Premier League craft breweries. Yeah. So they're all going to be... There will be variation between the batches, but there won't be very much. Mm. These guys know what they're doing. Brewdog, really, there's no excuse for them not to have basically perfect reprodu- reproducibility for their beers they should have they'll have laboratory analysis for 
their yeah, batches and yeah. stuff. So, um, and these guys will pay for laboratories to analyze their stuff to make sure that it, that it's roughly the same as it should be. I mean, I have this kind of romantic idea of the really small craft brewery where it's like one guy or two guys and they're just hand making the beer each time and it's quite varied and I don't yeah. know, you know. meantime well yeah they'll benefit from um, access to the resources that Miller will be able to give them so they'll, they'll be able to increase their sales they'll be able to increase the um, if they need it lab analysis or whatever additional like funding to make their equipment better any of that, all those things um, what are Miller getting out of it I think they're getting credibility of someone in the British craft scene which yeah. has increased loads um, in the it last is, five it years. is very big so they want to have a foothold in that market mm. gives them credibility it makes them seem more like yeah, yeah. less like the shitty soulless corporation that they are I mean, I mean so it's like I don't know if your favourite punk band signs with a really big record label or something you kind of compromised because on the one hand you want them to be like an indie band so the essence of punk band is that they're very independent very yeah, out on their own exactly. to do things and you don't want their music to change because now they're trying to appeal to a wider audience or something yeah, trying to make money rather than doing yeah, it for, yeah. the, for the music as such but then again they're just being successful aren't they so I mean like what's the point of making beer it's, on the one hand it is to make beer and just to like love beer but you shouldn't have to like True, I suppose it's it's, it's the 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 way of going about it, though, isn't it? You've got the either the idea that someone buys you out and invests within your company to be able to you know brew more, to be able to have a wider reach, or you go with someone like um, Camden Town who did a big Kickstarter, mm-hmm. so it's massively funded by people who enjoy that beer. So they can then increase because they've got a big investment from people in a very sort of different way, really. Um, but they'll then, I, I assume when Camden had the big Kickstarter campaign and, and got all of this backing, that they then increased their you know, batch sizes and, and things like that. Whether it had much of an effect rather than just a bit more of a wider reach being able to distribute a, a bit larger, whether your you know, as you were saying, with something like Miller, you're beholden to the shareholders then. Um, um, yeah, in a way, but the shareholders would be stupid to try and tell a successful brewery how to do it. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to buy them up. I mean, they're not competition. Miller don't have to worry about, meantime, encroaching on their sales or anything. That's not a problem. So, you know, they're not trying to squash them and tell them what to do. Yeah. Um, if they've got any sense at all, they'll... Um, let them get on with what they're already doing and just help them push that out to a wider market mm. in order to, for everyone to make money. That must be the business plan. Yes. They'll be idiots if the shareholders are coming. It's like you you know, you sign your punk band to some big record label and then all of a sudden then they're getting given songs that they have to sing or something. Yeah, that yeah. Would be change the image. You know, or... What's the point of signing a band yeah. if you're going to not let them do what they do? I, I Yeah, I, that's that must be high. So I, I guess... Um, it is bad in the sense because it's like they're selling out man and you know the, the the suits have got in on this cool kind of You've broken into the craft beer scene yeah. but then again I mean uh, 
I can't imagine it actually compromising too much what they're doing. Like, I don't see how anyone benefits out in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So, presumably, it's not actually going to really make that much of a well, difference. Maybe next week we'll go out and try and pick up a, a bottle of something from the meantime. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, it's going to be batches at the moment, which I would assume if this is something that's, you know, it is something that happened this week, last week. Yeah. yeah. Something very recent that there's not going to be much change in the beers that are currently, you know, they're on sale at the moment from them being an independent brewery previously and then try and revisit it maybe in a little while once we've sort of yeah it's a good idea see how it's see whether there is much difference between it or not yeah cool see what that'll be so my bet is it probably won't be that much difference fair anyway so um, so to to, to, just to finish up to consumer maybe it's not that much of a a big deal and actually for I mean if you don't live in London it's probably quite difficult getting hold of a meantime beer anyway so if Mm. you live in Scotland um, all that happens is Mellow will probably get meantime into the supermarket near you. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it's probably good news if you don't live in London. Nice. Cool. Well, we should do that, I think. Cool. So, what was your favourite beer? It's got to be the Millionaire. Yeah. It's got to be the Wild Beer Millionaire. It was just so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> argue with that. I did really like this. Um, what was the Beaver Town? The Beaver Town. Beaver Town was Carbell. nice. Yeah. It's. it's Almost, uh, uh, you know, the stout flavour is so distinct that the 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 two IPAs that we had, the um, the Siren um, Liquid Mistress Red IPA and the Signature Backstage IPA, yeah, I just, didn't like that. Which did you not? No, it was okay. Too metallic. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, see where we come from. Sure. I think they were just overshadowed by both stouts. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Just because the stouts have got such a big flavour to them yeah they were both very unusual stout flavours and uh, the in fairness the Millionaire probably takes it but the Beaver Town had a like um, you've got to give kudos to the way that they didn't over hop and didn't over stout there was yeah, like a yeah. nice combination of those two like they they worked well together definitely it didn't seem like oh this is just a really really hoppy Stout or something. It just, you know, hot flavour, mm, that was good. And then it sort of gave way naturally to the, the stoutiness. And yeah, and neither were too heavy. Neither were yeah, too that's true. sort of, I suppose, bogged down with that sort of stout label as such. They both had their own sort of take on it, which was nice. The Millionaire was the heavier of the two. Yeah, yeah, it was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite, I don't think I'd want to drink like six pints of it. I mean, we just shared a bottle, and that was like I could have definitely had shared another one. But yeah, I, I think so. I think I could have probably probably had a couple of pints, and that would have been that would have been it. Yeah, I think if I'd had a pint, I would have been enough. Mm. But then, you know, I, I'm not naturally a stout person, so I mean, the fact that I'm saying that I would want to have another yeah yeah drink of it is it, that that really indicates that it's quality. It's a very high quality stout. So, yeah. Good, good. It's up there. Must be my favourite style, actually. Realistically. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think of all of the stouts that I've drank. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's a, the, the Millionaire was really good. Like you said, the Beaver Town was was great as well. But I think the Millionaire was just so, so good that mm. it just stood out on top. So I think that is the standout beer of this week. Yeah, the Wild Beer Millionaire. That's what Wild Beer are 
kind of known for is making like experimental, like pushing boundaries of yeah stuff. So they've done well there. They're North Somerset. They are. So they're not yeah, that far yeah. away. And I think they were quite localish well. brewery. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. So we should probably say, as we've completely forgotten, all of our beers <laughs> come from Honest Brew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true, like normal. Yeah. And you should go to them because they do good beers. Yeah. Um, so we've been tanked up. We've played some games. We drank some excellent beers. I'll definitely play a new game before next week. Woo! <laughs> Something completely different. Yeah, not FIFA or Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> you get back to maybe you get a bit more time. As we've been discussing, maybe get a bit more time to be able to play something. Yes, no, I won't, but I will just try. You have no more time than you have in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's bank holiday Monday. That's very true. Anyway. Good, we've been tanked up. You can catch us um, on Twitter at tanked up underscore cast. Um, I am at Nova underscore 47. I'm not. You're not. Alex is not on tanked up. Um, Adil, and Alex is not on tanked up. Of course he's on tanked tanked up. up. He is tanked up uh, but he's not on Twitter no uh, Adam is on Twitter up. somewhere you can get him he might be back at the some Omniarch. point that's a mm. yeah so he is he'll appear at some point yeah when his time he's zones are yeah. better <laughs> things like this if you're listening Adam wake up dude get out of bed <laughs> it's time to podcast yeah excellent we shall uh, catch you next week alright bye Later.